This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Here's a Joy Law podcast from Jack and Dean on Joy. Joy Law, the regular segment where we have a chat with someone from the team at KHQ Lawyers about legal issues of interest or concern to the LGBTI community. And this week we're going to talk um, about drug testing and drug use. Yeah, with Dash. So uh, let me tell you, there you go. Welcome, Dash. Hello. Oh, I jumped the gun, sorry. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. There we go. You were fluffing the audience for me and I forgot. <laughs> so, Dash, drug testing. Yeah, so often in family law matters, we mm-hmm. see issues of substance abuse, right? So, particular in parenting matters. So, what I mean by that is two parties are separated. They're trying to resolve arrangements for the children, so who the children should live with or spend time with. Yeah. Um, and then there are allegations of a party abusing drugs. Um, and where one party has kind of genuine safety concerns about the children being in the care of of somebody else or the other party um, due to the allegations of drug use um, we need evidence to kind of support or reject the claim so that's really important mm. um, in family law disputes um, we find that the frequent claims are in relation to um, inappropriateness of prescription drugs and or unsurprisingly um, illegal drugs so that's a there's a fairly exhaustive list about um, what is considered an illegal drug. So, so it could be prescription drugs? Yeah, because you can um, abuse them. So you okay. can take more than what's prescribed. Your, your Valiums and your whatnots. Your valiums and your whatnots. And your, your Rosans. <laughs> what did Rosan have? Am- Ambien. Oh, your Ambien, yes. yes. Anyway, yeah. keep going. Yeah, <laughs> but for us, from a, a legal drug point of view, yeah. I think the main culprits for us are um, marijuana, cocaine and ice, so we find them quite prevalent sometimes in family law disputes. Oh, that's no good. Mm, a lot more expensive than the others. As well. One <laughs> yeah. of those things is not like the other. <laughs> It's a bigger case. But is, are we talking about alcohol as well or not so much? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly um, substance abuse as well. That can kind of impact um, the overall care arrangements or the ability of a parent to adequately care for their children. So that all falls into it as well. Um, but we always find it interesting because we have people saying, you know, how can this be tested? Um, and there are two kind of common ways to test it, and that's urine screens and hair follicle tests. Mm. Um, they're relatively non-intrusive, but it's much harder to evade detection with a hair follicle test. Um, and this is always quite interesting. Oh. People always say, why is that the case? Um, but um, a hair follicle test can actually test for the presence of drugs that have already passed through the person's system. So that's the difference between oh, the so two. Is there, is there, and I know you're not a medically qualified practitioner, <laughs> but is there like a, is there like a, a half-life or a, or a period of time? There is, and I was going to say, oh, you're going to ask me the exact time frame, aren't you? And yes. I don't know. But, a couple but, of days. Yeah, but to put everyone's mind at ease, there's also something, um, there's like a cut-off level. So um, w- that means that certain substances won't be detected um, and 
that's to ensure that passive consumption or external contamination isn't an issue. And what I mean by that is you might have a client that say I, that says, I've been exposed to an environment where there's been drug use, but I haven't actually consumed the drug. I didn't inhale. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can come <laughs> into contact with someone, you can touch someone's sweat, for example, and the Ooh. tests are kind of, I know, pretty gross, <laughs> but the tests are kind of programmed where generally that won't be detected because it's a cut-off limit because you haven't taken the drugs. So, so with the hair follicle testing, is it like someone just grabs a <laughs> grabs your bar the scruff of the neck and pulls her head off? Well, let's hope yeah, you just need way. one follicle, but yeah, generally, I, th- I, th- I, I think so. <laughs> Everyone's precious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what if you suspect, though, that your partner may be being inappropriate with their usage of uh, prescri- uh, prescription or prohibited uh, drugs? Yeah, well, the most what important to thing to do is obviously to make sure that the children are safe. So yes, yes. Um, if you consider that the children's safety is at risk in the other parents' care, then arrange for that parent's time to be supervised by someone you trust, for example. Take a sensible approach in working out how to deal with it before you, you know, work out or determine a long-term solution. But in light of what we're talking about today is obviously request that the parent undertake a drug screen. Um, And if the matter is already before the court, so if it's before the Family Court or the Federal Circuit Court of Australia, that means that um, a parent has filed because they haven't been able to agree on arrangements themselves for the children. You can actually seek an order from the court that a... um, a test be carried out. What if it's not the parent? What if it's someone else who's uh, living in the same house or, you know, there's a, you know, another family member who may be involved in drugs? I guess yeah. the, the care of the child is probably the power of matter. Exactly, matter exactly right. I mean, obviously you don't really want to be exposing children to, um, to someone who's been affected by drugs or is being affected by drugs but if the, the primary parent who the child is spending time with isn't affected by drugs in that moment it's really about being sensible and what's safe what's a safe environment for the child and when yes. they're at risk and when but, they're not but at someone risk. who does not have a child um, and he yes. has, who doesn't smoke i feel that i'm well equipped to be judgy on this mm. matter and when i see a, 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 somebody with a small child with a cigarette in their mouth yeah mm. i just think that's that's not okay mm. yeah yeah they children do emulate their parents so even the um, with alcohol as well. Well, yes, yes. When I was getting my RSA, that's right, my responsible service of alcohol, um, they were saying that the new laws are you can't, if a kid even goes into the bottle shop and touches alcohol, they can't sell it to them because they think, not the kid's going to have it, but it's just to yeah. protect the children. Yeah, and um, I think, and this really goes to the topic and people ask us all this time, um, you know, why is it relevant if somebody uses drugs? Um when the children are not in care or why is it relevant if they're, you know, drinking alcohol? Oh, so, so you're co-parenting and the child is spending a week at the other partner's house? Oh, yeah. yeah. Week, week off, have a have Week a off, would you have a bit of a... Yeah, yeah I mean, that's different. But I, I think what... The, the matter is there are long-term consequences of abusing drugs or abusing alcohol and this can kind of directly impact um, a parent's capacity to provide for their needs. So if they can't properly care for the children because of a long-term kind of standing um, addiction to drugs or a long-term abuse of alcohol, this can be problematic. Um, And from a court's perspective, it kind of goes to show the state of a parent's mind. So um, if a parent is abusing drugs or alcohol, then their behaviours raises questions about their attitude, about the responsibility of parenting and parenthood. Um, and if they continue to take drugs or consume alcohol, even when they know that this might pose a risk to the children, then they're potentially putting this and their needs above the children's best interests. It's probably not a good idea to post photos of yourself smashed on Instagram. No, no, no. Or out no. partying, yeah. Don't, don't be doing that. Don't, don't tag. Do don't, you, oh. know, you should never get photos of party time. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. record. No, no, no photos, no cameras. No. Um, so, Dash, if someone does think that they may have an issue with a, a, a partner, what would be your advice? Um, listen, I, I've had many situations where clients have been accused 
um, for abusing drugs, for example. And, and it can be really um, easy to get kind of caught up in the injustice of that and think it's really unfair because nobody wants to be portrayed unfairly. But I think in those situations, if you have been accused by the other parent, um, just remember that it's not necessarily about you in this instance and what's fair or not fair to you, but about the child. And if you're accused of abusing drugs, you can just put the argument to rest by volunteering. Um, yeah. or you can volunteer to have a test. Um, and that's what we would recommend. And if this will alleviate the concerns of the other party, then it becomes a non-issue and you can get on with it. You can get on with co-parenting. You can get on with time with your child. You don't have to worry about, you know, supervision or anything else. Good advice. Get on with it. Get on with <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. Right advice. Thank you very much, Dash. We look forward to speaking with you and the team from KHQ Lawyers again next week. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.